Welcome to the Places Where We Go podcast. Hello, I'm Julie. And I'm Art. We're the hosts of the Places Where We Go podcast. Join us as we share our travel stories. We'll tell you about where we've been, what we saw, and what we did. We're always looking for a bit of an adventure. Sometimes we travel far. Sometimes we explore the places in our own local backyard. Wherever we go, we'll let you know about the highlights and top tips to help you plan your future adventures. This is the Places Where We Go podcast. So here we are on episode five of our The Places Where We Go podcast. And today we're going to go to Raglan, Wales, and we're going to take our listeners to a castle, a couple of villages, and some information along the way. So Raglan, why why Raglan, you might ask, because it is a very small village. I never heard of Raglan Wales. until just a few months before we went there. So this was your doing. So maybe you can tell us. Well, and it was kind of the incentive to go to the UK yep. anyway. Yep. You know, we had planned other things, as you remember on earlier podcasts. And I had come across my ancestry, and the ancestry was directly hit upon Raglan, a little village, because there's a castle there, the Raglan Castle. And there is a family way back in the 1400s that lived in that castle. They were knights and lords and royalty. And their name was Herbert, H-E-R-B-E-R-T, Herbert. You had decided that that was going to be part of that journey out of me just saying, boy, wouldn't it be nice to go to my castle? You kept saying you want to go visit your <laughs> castle. So, Yes, so we, we ended up going there. And it was by far the most profound experience mm-hmm. for my history. You know, you had your part of it mm-hmm. in, during, for your history, but that was the pinnacle for me. That yeah. was like the big... So once you decided on Raglan, then we had to decide where we were going to stay in Wales. And I think, you know, looking at Raglan, we identified that it was a little bit an out-of-the-way village, not a whole lot in the village itself. So the closest big town was Cardiff. Mm-hmm. So the, because we had this destination of the Raglan Castle to visit for you, that ended up also putting Cardiff on the map for us. But that was uh, basically, you know, how, I mean, yeah, how we landed in the UK, how we landed in Wales, how we landed in Cardiff. Now we're on this journey to go visit a castle that you've got some kind of connection to, huh? Yes, and you did all the planning, so I was kind of, it was an unknown for me. I didn't know how we were going to get there, what what this all was going to look like. I did think it was farther away from Cardiff in my head. I was thinking Mm. it was going to be pretty far away, but it wasn't. It was quite a nice traveling experience. Yeah. It was far enough away where, I mean, basically the commitment to go to Raglan Castle, that ended up making an entire day, it was a day trip. for us, right? So mm-hmm. uh, so should we talk about how we got there from Cardiff? Because I think most people who go to Raglan Castle are probably going to go from Cardiff. Yes, I would say so, because yeah, okay. it is the biggest city closest to Raglan. Raglan Village itself is an interesting little place that maybe we want to get a little tidbits on that too. So it's a medieval village, which I think is pretty cool. Hmm one of my favorite things is to go back in history and Mm -hmm. kind of imagine Mm -hmm. what it was like you know way back when uh, hundreds of years ago and they had the earliest records of the village itself was a market cross and that was way back in 1354 which was before the castle was even built and it was at the crossing of two roman roads as you'll find out later there's a lot of roman history also in Mm -hmm. wales Mm -hmm. So there was these two main Roman roads, and that is where Raglan began and grew. The castle was started in the 1400s, and it was actually built for William Herbert's father, Thomas. They are Welsh. They are not English. And there was a story about William Herbert and Henry V, and Henry V's nephew, and that's how that connection began and the Herbert family got very prominent because of their finding basically this nephew of Henry V. And even though Henry, this nephew was a prisoner, they did take very good care of him because he was only a child. So it's very interesting little history there. 
And the castle itself during the English Civil War was actually destroyed by Oliver Cromwell. It was uh, in 1646. So that is when the castle began its ruin and it never it never came back to its original glory after that. To give folks a sense of where Raglan is, it's also in southeast Wales, as is Cardiff. It's in a community called Monmouthshire. And it's if you look at the map, it's a bit north. It's basically it's an hour out of, out of Cardiff. And so that's where our journey took us. Before we left, I ended up doing a bit of research on how to get to Raglan Castle from Cardiff. And I was coming across all kinds of different ways. I think yeah, I ended up on our itinerary. There was at least four different options to get there. That included trains, buses, taxis, Ubers. And I was probably out of most places that we went, felt almost the most confused about exactly what's the best way to get to the castle. Um, when I was looking at some of the other options, they just looked tedious. They looked time consuming. So we ended up determining that we were going to take this bus that we would have to catch from the city of Newport. Yeah, but you knew we had to start with the train. Mm-hmm. So the morning that we went, we walked from our lodging to the Cardiff Central Rail Station, and that's where we ended up hopping on a train. So we got on the Nottingham line, and that's the one that stops at Newport, and that's the very first stop that's on that line. So the train trip part for us was the shortest part of the travel. Yeah, it was so. very short, and, and you knew that what we needed to go to Newport because mm-hmm. to, to, that's where the bus was yeah. that we had to catch. Yeah, and... You know, one one thing that we came across, or you know, at least you know, the, the way it felt for me when we were, I don't think this was the whole time in in Cardiff when we were, because we hopped on trains a few times. We've traveled in Europe before. We've been in Italy and Poland. You know, been a few places, and even when we haven't been that familiar with the language, deciphering the train charts and the train schedules have been has been pretty straightforward. In Cardiff, it just felt like mumbo jumbo to me. And we would go up to these charts and I couldn't tell when trains were coming, when they were going. I think part of that was because you had the mix of the English along with the Welsh. So that part was confusing for me. I, I, yeah, and I wish I could have helped more, but I, I walked around without glasses and I can't see without them. Yeah, so. okay. The train that we took, it was a fairly cheap fare. Um, I had noted it was just over five pounds a piece for the round trip fare. So fairly inexpensive to get from Cardiff to our first stop, which was Newport. We landed at Newport at the train station and then we knew we had to get to a bus. Bus number 60. Yeah, but didn't know where the bus station was. Right. So, you know, I figured surely somebody at the train station will know where the bus station is and point us in the right direction. No, I don't know what her name oh, was. okay. Well, she wasn't helpful. No, Shirley. <laughs> Maybe her name was Shirley, for, for all I know. But whoever she was, I think her answer was when I asked her which way to the train station, was quite bluntly, I don't know. But she said, I think it's in, th- in that direction. And, and she, she pointed. And, yeah, she pointed out the door to the left. And as we exited the door of the train station, it looked like there was... A bit of a village in the general direction that she like pointed to. Like a city to. center. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was a small town. Yeah. So we ended up walking in that direction and you know got a little bit of a taste of Newport. So this was a, it had more of an older feel for me than did Cardiff. It kind of had more of that feel that I was expecting Cardiff was going to have when we got there. There was you know a few monuments, you know the older looking buildings. There's bronze statues there. They were kind of they were nice. They looked a little bit newer. They weren't antiquities i don't think yeah i think they told some kind of story we weren't aware of yeah so we were walking and shortly after we got into the the main village center we came across i think first some signposts that were pointing to a bus Bus station station, right and then i think there was like some kind of map in the middle of the city that also had located on it here's where the the bus station is so off to that direction that we went and we ended up within a couple of minutes now we're at the bus station which is exactly where we thought we wanted to be. So all we needed to do now was find bus 60. Right. So there was a series of bus stalls and I go to the first stall, no bus 60. I go to the second stall, look at the chart, there's no bus 60. I'm walking up and down every single bus stall to to find out when and where is bus 60 gonna, you know, come. 
and there's not a bus 60 on any one of these things. So I ended up spying a lady in some official-looking vest that looked like she worked she around worked there. For, yeah, yeah, she worked for the station there. And I asked her, "Where am I gonna? Where do we get bus 60? And we she probably said, found out there was. She didn't know. Well, 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 she knew that there was yeah. no bus 60. Yeah, here. Yeah. And after a bit of head scratching, she pointed down the street and said, "You might want the bus station that's down the road." Right. So there's, there was a difference between these bus stations. There was a bus station that was just for the city of Newport itself. It was just a, for that specific area. Mm-hmm. And then there was an intercity bus station. Yeah, and it was called Newport and Bus. And it was called Newport Bus. Yeah. yeah. So th- and that was only a couple of blocks from the wrong bus station. We ended up walking there. The good news is Bus 60 did, did leave from there. So we got our tickets and it turned out for us, you know, there was different options of tickets that you could buy and the lady at the counter at the uh, ticket station recommended for us to get the all day pass. Yeah, and it's a good thing we talked to her too. That was a nice thing to know. I think we would have just gone ahead and did a a regular regular bus pass and paid more for it. Yeah, so as we get to the rest of the story, you'll get to hear why the all day bus pass did turn out to be a, a good deal for us. Yeah. Yeah, so then you know, we, we had a little bit of time to kill, um, and eventually Bus 60 was ready to go and take us to the village of Raglan. So mm-hmm. we boarded the bus along with everybody else. I think as we were entering the bus, I asked the bus driver, I told him we were going to Raglan Castle, just wanted to find out right. where yes, exactly yes, are we going to get off. Mm-hmm. And it sounded like he had no, he never heard of Raglan Castle. So he, he was, had no idea. He was of no help. But you know, we got on the bus. I don't know if it was then that we talked to the older ladies or if it was the next. No, because when you had asked him if he knew where Raglan was, he didn't know. So remember, he turned around and he asked all the travelers on Mm. the bus if anybody knew where Raglan was. Hmm. No, well, well, people knew where Raglan was. They didn't know where Raglan Castle was. Well, we we didn't know where to get off. Right. Because you were saying Monmouthshire. Yeah. The ladies on the bus, that's when they started speaking up, really sweet ladies. Hmm. And I, th- I don't know if it was a mother and daughter, or, but, you know, they were older. They started to kind of direct us, and they said, don't worry about it, we'll let you know when to get off. Yeah. Because they said, get off at Raglan, don't get off at Monmouth. That was good advice from them, because the information that I had when I was looking at online how to get to Raglan Castle, and I think I even might have, I might have got this from the, from the website, for the castle. But yeah, I did recommend to get off at, like you said, Monmouth or Monmouthshire. And I think we found out later that that bus stop was quite a distance right, away right. from where we actually did end up getting off. So much so that we would have, I mean, there would have been no way to walk from that to we, the yeah, castle. Yeah, we'd have to bus, get on the bus and yeah. get back. So, you know, we, we felt good. We knew we were on the bus. We had a couple of ladies sitting right behind us who said they were going to let us know exactly where to get off when we got to the right place. I think we, we found out it was going to be roughly about an hour on an the hour. bus yeah. to mm-hmm. get there. So. The bus driver, whatever they do, they turn, you know, turns on the keys, starts getting ready to go. And I don't know, I think, Julie, what, the bus moved all of five feet or ten feet well, or something? Well, he, he backed all the way out. Yeah. And he started to make that turn to put it in to drive mm-hmm. and move forward. And it just stopped. The bus was not going anywhere. Yes. And we were not going anywhere. And now I'm starting to think, oh, my gosh, our day in Raglan... Is it going to happen? Because <laughs> the bus oh, ain't going. Yeah. And he tried. He was trying yeah. to get it to move. But yeah. He started it and it would stop and it started to move forward. And that motion of the bus, he actually got it back into a spot. And then the commotion of trying to switch buses started. So within a few minutes, you know, the good news for us is, you know, we were getting off of that bus, but there was another bus that they were able to put us on. Right. So within a few minutes, we were on a different bus. Also labeled bus 60, and we were now on our way to Raglan. So, again, roughly about an hour commute on the bus. We ended up going through mostly countryside, mm-hmm. I think. We did pass through a few villages, one in particular that kind of looked interesting enough that we thought, hey, if we have some time, this would be a neat place to go. But long story short is after about an hour on the bus, the ladies behind us, tapped us on the shoulder or said, hey, this is where you want yeah, to get off. And right. we're now in the city or the, not a city, the village. The village of Raglan. Yeah. So we get off at the bus stop at Raglan. It was very quiet, very quaint, 
little town. It had that old feel to it. Yeah, so if you picture this, I mean, you're looking at, again, we're going to call it a village. There's a main road. It's narrow. It's probably like enough room for like one car to go down the road. Maybe two, maybe three blocks of shops on right. one side, shops yeah. on the other. Um, that's like the city Some center. on the outside yeah. of it. Not that many. No. It's very, very small. Yeah. You know, a couple of restaurants on one side of the street. There was a St. Caddox Church, I think it was called, on the corner. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably their oldest church because I, I, I believe it was started in the medieval times. We're walking toward the church and that's where we saw a placard that had like a map of the city or the village. The rather. village. Also, the signage that you talked about that had the map also had uh, little descriptions of some of the historical sites there which was was pretty nice you know got to kind of peek out a few of those places in the village that had some raglan herbert connection too Mm -hmm. so that was it was nice i couldn't go in some of the places were privately owned so it wasn't open to the public but it did have the little story Mm -hmm. attached to them Um, one of them was the jones building on the street where you go up for the castle uh, it's called Castle Street. The Jones were descendants of the Herberts. Are, are they on your uh, ancestry yes. map? Yes. Mm-hmm. And they have, there's this big spy story about that, that home and about the Jones and about some spy during the Crimean War. So it was, it was quite the mm. long story. It's in the history books over okay. there. And then uh, the Ship's Inn, which we ended up coming back and having lunch at, was another very historic. That whole mm. row was actually very historic and also medieval buildings. When the castle went into ruins, the villagers would go and get the stone from the castle. And in the Ship's Inn and in the Jones Building, there's actually, and the Beaufort Inn, which is right there too, which has famous connections to the castle. They all have stone. Their fireplaces are built with the stone from the castle. They pilfered it? They did. Uh-oh. And then you have St. Caddick's Church, which we talked about, that has in a chapel area the grave sites of the Herberts and the Raglans. But we never, we, I never got the chance to go in. So. so after getting a little flavor of the village, now it's time to go to the castle. We had found th- this map by the bus stop that identified where we were, where the castle is. So we were able to identify there was just uh, a couple of blocks that we had to walk to then get to the highway. And then the castle was going to be on the other side of that. So we get ourselves to the highway. All right. So this highway was very fast moving. It was what we would call in America a freeway. But there was a center divider section. There was two lanes on each side. And we had to cross this. There was no traffic light. There was no light at all. There was nothing. So you're just looking, making sure that these cars that are moving at least no less than, what do you say, 50, 60 miles per hour? Oh, at least. Yeah. So they're moving really fast and we got to look for a break for the first two lanes that we had to cross to get to the center divider. And then you get from that center divider, you look the other way, make sure you're looking the right way too, to cross the next two lanes to the path that leads up to the uh, castle that is on a hill. Yeah, so it felt a little, a little bit like being in that video game Frogger and trying to cross the road with the, uh, the high-moving traffic. Yeah, it was it was very intimidating. Yeah. I I did not I like know, that feel. I don't know if that's how they do it in Cardiff. We weren't used to that, but we ended yeah. up getting across the road and in one piece. So that was that yes, was and because that center divider gives you a chance to that break. That's you know you're not going to have to look both ways and make sure that there's these fast moving cars not coming to make you a pancake or something. Yeah. So just know if you're. Uh, getting to Raglan the same way we did, and you're going to get there from the city of Raglan, you're going to have to make the the crossing of the highway. So we get across the highway, and then there's this driveway that takes you up a hill to where the castle is. So we start walking up the driveway. There's a pasture on the left side, and there's a whole bunch of cows. So yeah, I, there's I, a lot of... Um, I stopped to talk to the cows. Bushes, yes. yes you talked yes, to the bovine, yeah, yeah. and I think they heard you. They weren't impressed were, with me. No, I no. think they were getting a little irritated, actually. Yeah, they were getting annoyed. Yes, so... Uh, Which I, apparently, I have that effect on some people. <laughs> huh, huh, Julie? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> yeah. 
So anyway, so we go, and you still can't see the castle at this point because of these large hedges mm-hmm. that are around this pasture yeah. area. But pretty soon... We start to go a little bit further, and there's a little bit of a curve, mm-hmm. and there it is. I think so, I saw the top of the tower first, yeah. but when you turn that little curve and you see this castle in full, mm-hmm. it was it was awe-inspiring. It was, mm. I didn't think it was that big. Mm-hmm. I thought it was smaller. And I didn't mm. think it was that impressive, even though the pictures looked really nice. But when you're actually there yeah. and you see it in its entirety, it was very, very impressive. Yeah, You had shown me pictures when we were at home of this place. And I also thought that it was going to be fairly small. I thought, hey, once we get to this place, it was probably going to be like a half hour visit, 20 minutes or something fairly short because it was ruins. I thought there was going to be like nothing to see. But yeah, once you got there, I mean, it was it was, it was pretty breathtaking. You walk up the hill and then you end up at the visitor entrance, which is also part of a gift shop. We went through there, bought our tickets to get in. I think we browsed the shop a little bit. There was kind of the typical, some books, some knickknacks. You know, pretty soon we're, we're off to the main attraction, which which was the castle. The cost to get in was also you know, fairly reasonable. I've got that we paid seven, seven pounds 30 to get in a, in a piece. Yeah, yeah, each. So for those who are interested in the cost, that's what the, uh, the tickets cost us when we went. The Raglan Castle itself was never a castle that was used in war. It did have, a, it was sieged during the English Civil War, but it was never really used for that. It was actually a, more of a home, a very grand home for royalty. When you first walk in, you wouldn't think that because the entry of the gate was very long. And I, I learned as I was reading a little bit about it that it had actually three heavy wooden doors hmm. to get in. And in between those doors were those iron gates that come down. Mm-hmm. Because I noticed that it had these, in the stone itself, rivets on the side, on each side. And that's where the iron gates would Hmm. fall into and come down. Mm -hmm. So it was very impressive as far as it looks like it's there for a lot of defense. But it never really was built for that intention. Even had those gun holes on the side. And then if you looked up, you actually saw little gargoyle heads, mm-hmm. which was pretty cool. Yeah. The castle is a ruins, so there's no completeness to it in terms of there's not full rooms with furnishings and paintings. You just have the remnants of the brick walls or the stone walls. There's a moat that mm-hmm. encompasses the outside. There's the large tower. <laughs> yeah, so we're walking up and you know, this is kind of the sense of what we're seeing is the remnants of what used to be and not sure exactly what we're gonna experience once we get inside. There's enough there though no. that you can imagine no. what it looked like in its heyday. So this is a place when you go, you, you do get to use your imagination quite yeah. a bit, which is one of the neat things that I found about this place, because almost every other place that we went to on the trip were buildings and places that had that sense of completeness to them. If they were not in their original state, they were restored in some capacity to make you think this is what the places would have been like once upon a time. But this again was just the stone wall. So we walked through the gates and I think one of the first rooms that we came across was probably one of the only rooms that had some materials in it. And this was the one that had the placards of the family's history. The Herbert's history. Yeah. yeah. So it was kind of fun to go around and read that. It also had, the walls were plastered. Mm-hmm. So they tried to make it look like it might have looked back in uh, when people were living there. Yeah, so this would have been like 1500s or something. Yeah. But this was the only room that was like That was the really only like one. It was the only, yeah, this only one. Because it had a, a roof to it. So uh, they were able to do that so yeah. the, the weather wouldn't get to it. So. Yeah. Yeah, that was really neat because I like to read a bit. The Herbert history was kind of interesting. Yeah, so we spent a bit of time in there. I think you had read all the plaques. Yeah, yeah. Then we just ended up, we're, we're kind of walking around and, and exploring. And as we as we wandered through this place, we're seeing places of the castle that once upon a time, some of the places that used to be the kitchen, some of the places where they used to have the food storage. There were some places- Grand that, Hall. Yeah. There was um, a chapel 
And now, mind you, those walls aren't up anymore, but so you really have to kind of imagine it mm-hmm. and what it, it what it might have looked like. And and I see something very grand. So it was, it was very fun for me to go in there and, and just kind of look up and and uh, imagine where a roof might have been or, you know, the, the different stories. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that I think there was three stories that I could count mm-hmm. and some parts of it. So it, it was fun. We went upstairs that went up into nothing, really. We saw old remnants of what used to be toilets. You know, it was it was just a fun time to look in the chapel. I remember seeing these etched stonework. Mm-hmm. There was um, a man and a woman. I imagined them to be royalty and they were married. And there was just remnants of its beauty. Yeah. From from long ago. Yeah. So, so this is one of these places that I, I think it's difficult to describe in words what you experience when you're there. Because, you know, in, in words, you can tell somebody it's, it's ruins, <laughs> there's stone walls, there's really not a whole lot of stuff there. But we ended up spending a good at least three hours and that mm-hmm. the whole three hours was was time exploring places. Mm-hmm. So we went up to the top of the tower, remember, mm-hmm. and you can see the whole countryside from the tower, and it's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, by just the way. phenomenal view. Mm-hmm. As we were doing our exploration, we took a ton of photos. If you like photography, this is a great place where you know you can spend hours and snap all kinds of photos. The other thing that made it kind of neat for that, just for our own exploration, as well as for the photography, and again, compared to so many other places that we went on the UK trip, there was not a lot of people here. Right. So other places like the Tower of London, packed. It's like going to Disneyland. You just people, people, people everywhere. Raglan Castle, totally different. I mean, there there might have been, I don't know, maybe a, a, a couple of dozen people Two dozen, three dozen if that, tops. If yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Another thing I'll say too is we did have the weather on our side, so mm-hmm. it didn't rain. And if you are going to go to this castle, it probably is somewhat of a better experience if you catch it on a non-rainy day because everything is is exposed mm-hmm. to the outside. Right. So if you're there on a rainy day, you are going to get wet, and you're probably going to. I don't know if it gets muddy there or not. Well, most of of it, the grassy area would get muddy. There's, you know, there is a grassy area out around the outside of the castle. But inside inside. is stone. Yeah, so you're probably okay. Okay. So thinking about, you know, some of the things that caught our eye when we were exploring the grounds on the, it was all outside, but there was an actual outside area that was like this lawn area and actually used to have a bowling green. So that was the sport that they used to enjoy, one of the sports that they used to enjoy back in the day. I don't know what bowling green is. Did they just throw balls on the grass? I mean, I don't even know what that is. It was lawn bowling, Julie. Lawn bowling. Okay. I'll have to try that someday. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it just that's what the sign said. We don't. I we... like the birds that um, were in the castle. The birds? Oh, yeah, there was birds. <laughs> Baby birds, too. Oh, yeah. So I like that. If you're into photography and you like action stuff, that's kind of fun to try to get mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. kind of photo. Hmm. One tip I think that we kind of ran into on the photography side is if you have a camera that has like a replaceable battery, you may want to make sure you have a spare battery because we were clicking away. I mean, we took dozens and dozens and dozens of, of photographs on a thing, you know, toward the end of the day there, one of your cameras had run out of juice, I think. Yeah, and I do have a spare battery for it and didn't bring it. So yeah. got to make sure you bring those spare yeah. batteries. But we were we were okay because we had the one main camera and then we also had two iPhones. And right, so right. we snapped on a lot of devices. As we try to describe what we saw at the castle, you know, maybe one of the, the best ways to get a sense of that is to look at some photos. And we, and we have, you know, some of the photos that we took on our website. So if you go to the placeswherewego.com website, go to the blog button in the search bar, type in Raglan, you'll get to the blog post where we highlight the trip that we took that day. You'll see a number of photos of the castle and that'll give you a nice flavor for what this place is like and what you might experience if you so choose to go there. So Julie, do you you know, 
Did you catch like anything that seemed unusual about this castle? Unusual? No, because there were ruins. Because there was an unusual architectural feature. I did notice. Yeah. So apparently, the uh, castles in, in England, the uh, the towers that you come across, they're usually either round or they're square. And the towers at the Raglan Castle were neither round nor square. They were polygonal, which means they had six. How many sides? Six sides. Six sides. Six sides, yeah. So this is one of those times in life where having gone to geometry class might come in handy because you get to identify the polygons. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was... Um, but why is this? I don't know why it is. I didn't find that out. But well, they were in the avant-garde of castle building, too. I mean, it was meant to be a place of grandeur, and maybe they're trying yeah. to be different. Yeah, so, so it's maybe like, like you said that... So one of the things I did find out is this was one of the last of, of the real castles that was built in Wales. So maybe because it was at the tail end of castle building, they were trying some different things. I think they were trying to go for an aesthetic and something that, mm-hmm. that has some kind of beauty. So they clearly you know, did accomplish something different than the norm. So that's one of the things you're going to see at this place that is different than the other castle. So just a tidbit, when you go into your castles, you know, do take a look at the towers to see if they're what geometric shape they are. I guess if you have kids with you, you can practice shapes in right. Wales. Just like our grandchildren. Yeah. So earlier you had mentioned William Herbert had been a resident of this castle. One of the things that I came across that I found interesting just because of the Welsh part of the history, William Herbert was dubbed the Earl of Pembroke by King Edward IV. Mm-hmm. So he was the first Welshman ever to be dubbed an Earl. He was described by poets of the day as the national deliverer, and they looked at him as the person who they thought would would help to achieve Welsh independence. When you think about the history of Wales and its connection to the UK, and there had been in the past, and we even bumped into this on the trip today, you know, people who are looking for Wales to be an independent nation, a Mm -hmm. sovereign nation, you know, William Herbert was part of that lineage as well. So I I I thought that was interesting. Yeah, it is. And, and the castle is actually built for William Ap Thomas, who, who is his father, who was killed during the Battle of Agincourt, mm-hmm. which is a famous battle in Welsh history. Very famous. Yeah. Because of this, this battle, the Herbert family... Now, William is the son of William Ap Thomas, but the Herbert name was taken on after he was um, knighted and in favor of English royalty. So that's where that name came from. But his father also was a very well-known Welshman who uh, fought for independence hmm. for, for Wales. And the Agincourt Trail, Yeah, which, we should talk about that. Yes, which is something, you know, that we found out after the fact, unfortunately. Yeah, so, so we learned about this, I think, at the visitor center there at the gift shop. Was it? Yes, because yep. we picked up something and it, yeah, had, there, there it was had it a, on there. A flyer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we picked up this flyer and it talked about the Agincourt Trail. Mm-hmm. And apparently Raglan Castle is but one castle that is on this trail. Yes, there's there's many castles on this yeah, trail. I think like seven or eight. I think eight. I was struck by how much history there is surrounding this place. I mean, I've got... I've got pages of notes just about, you know, who lived there and mm-hmm. how the castle mm-hmm. evolved over the years. So, you know, I think a recommendation would be if you if you are going to go to a place like this, I think you're going to soak up more of its history. If you do some of that homework and reading before you get there, I think it'll help you appreciate more what it is that you're experiencing when you walk through these walls, through these ancient walls. I guess the walls can't talk, but you can learn about what they have to say through the history that's been passed down. Mm-hmm. So lo- lots of books available, and, and this place is just full of families, you know, situations that happened through war times, through the castle passing through hands, through, I guess, even unrest that has probably happened through the years, as you mentioned, you know, through the well, years. Well, the biggest, yeah, the biggest was the English Civil War. Yeah. And uh, the castle ended up in the Beaufort family's hands because there was kind of a disconnect between the village and the castle after that English Civil War. Mm -hmm. So it ended up with this Beaufort family 
who still in name only still owns that castle, even though it is overseen by the historical society there. Mm-hmm. So again, I, I kind of feel like we're trying to describe this castle. And again, for me, it's like one of these places that words can't even begin to do it justice. If you're going to be in Wales and if you're going to spend time around the Cardiff area, I would highly recommend taking a day and at minimum making the trek out to Raglan and seeing this place because it is, again, it's the place where you can let your imagination run wild. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're going to get to explore a place that you know, once upon a time was was grand and magnificent and there's there's remnants of it still to enjoy and appreciate today mm -hmm. and for me the the idea that my ancestors actually walked on the floors of this castle that i was walking through was pretty immense and i thoroughly enjoyed it i could have spent more time there mm -hmm. but, you know we had other things to do the day was getting away from us. We had yeah. we had to. You should have uh, asked for keys to the castle because uh, it's my castle. It is your castle. Yeah. We call, we keep we what call the heck is this Beaufort. Why it should be my castle? Yeah, we we call it your castle. Yes, that's right. So when we were leaving, you had struck up a connect um, a conversation, I think, with a lady there. One of the docents. There was like some kind of book or something that we signed, or do you remember? Yeah, that? there was. Um, it, it had been around for a while, but anybody that had a direct link to the Herberts mm. or or the Raglans, mm -hmm. that you signed this book and you left your contact information in it. Okay. So the she pulled out the book and said, "Hey, you know, sign this okay. and." I did end up leaving contact information, and she gave me another website to check into. Also, just I think it was more if I had any questions, you know, I could I could okay. contact. But that's like where yeah. you made your official claim that hey, you. I was I was a Herbert. You're you're a part owner of this yes, place. That's yes. right. Your name is in the book, in the yeah. official book. Mm -hmm. Hey, before we leave the castle and talk about some other things, I think we've got some fun facts. I have a fun fact about the castle itself. All right. Well, why don't you go first? So the fun fact is that it's haunted. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. So what do we know about its hauntedness? Yes. We, some visitors have actually been startled by this glimpse of this man that seems to be an ancient wardrobe. And I don't exactly know what the ancient wardrobe looks like, hmm. but that's how they described it. Hmm. And he is beckoning to them to come over to the wing of the castle where the library was. Hmm. So people speculate that he was the librarian who tried to save all the books and artifacts and things that were in this castle hmm. because the Herberts and the Somersets, who eventually uh, came into inheritance yeah. to this castle, were avant-garde. So they had a huge library that had ancient transcripts and all kinds of these old writings, and he was trying to save them from the, you know, the uh, English yeah. that were coming in to take their castle. So we, we missed the ghost. I guess if we went later yeah. in the day or in the evening, maybe we would have bumped into the ghost. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's the last thing was in 2001, when a little girl came running out of the castle and she said she saw this man gesturing to her from a dim corner, dim lit corner. All right. Yeah. So if somebody's into the uh, famous haunting places, that's another There's reason. There's a book yeah, that there has you go. it in there. So there you go. All right. So, so I, I've got a couple of things too. So mine are going to be film related and I, ha I have at least a couple. Okay. And I think I'll start with, there was part of a movie filmed at this location that decades ago, this was the movie that I used to talk about being my favorite movie. When people ask me what's your favorite movie. I bet I can guess what it is. What is it? Time Bandits. Time Bandits. Yeah. So this, there was part of the this 1981 film that was shot there. So if you've seen the movie, there's a sequence there that features Napoleon. And it, it's, you can't forget it because it's hilarious. And he talks about, I like to see the little people hitting each other <laughs> and the little the little time bandit little guys they're like smashing each other with with sticks and whatnot. So apparently the the Napoleon scene was was filmed at Raglan Castle. Okay. If you haven't seen Time Bandits, do see that movie because it's a great journey into the worlds of good and evil. 
And yes, and talks. I think we should revisit that movie, by the way. We should. Because I, I can't remember when I saw oh. it. And now we'll, if we see it again, now you'll get to see Raglan Castle that's apparently right. again. And so, that, so that's one film that was shot right. partially at the castle. Another one that I learned about is for the rock and roll fans. Mm-hmm. The 1976 film by the British band Led Zeppelin, The Song Remains the Same. There's um, a fantasy sequence in that movie where Robert Plant is in what's been dubbed the world's worst sword fight. Uh, <laughs> but there's there's scenery in that movie that were, was filmed at Raglan Castle. So if you've seen the movie and remember, or you might have seen the movie and you, you don't remember, because that can happen too if you're watching a Led Zeppelin film, I suppose, do know that that part of that was filmed at Raglan Castle. Yeah, and, and I did see that just for fun while um, I was looking into Yeah. Some information about the castle and the sword scene that mm. you're talking about i don't know if you remember but in the tower mm. when you look down there was that rock design on the floor of the castle mm. mm-hmm. you can see that all right yeah you can see all that right. in the in the film yeah so we're gonna have to re- i'm gonna have to revisit yeah. that there's also a tv show that was a, f- a few episodes filmed at the Bracklin castle too so a tv series called merlin yes so you have a few things that you can watch on film and get glimpses of this this place. Mm-hmm. So those are our Raglan Castle fun facts. Yes. And we had walked around Raglan to certain little side streets and their little homes on the side streets. And there was several little placards on some of the homes saying, just say no on 111. So I found out what that was because we kept wondering oh, what that was. Yeah, I never found out what that was. That was a proposal by some company that wants to build on the outskirts of Raglan. Development. Development. And the people of Raglan Village are saying, just say no. Just say no. That's right. What do you say? Because you're you're a, no, a part owner of the castle. I would say no. Just okay. I would say just say no. I couldn't find out what happened with that, but hopefully... Well, it wasn't that long ago that we were there and the yeah. signs were up, so I don't know if that... When their elections are, I don't understand the whole British election cycle, and they seem to just yeah. have elections when they want to have yeah. elections. So I don't well, Raglan Village and the castle itself are historical sites, so they can't be touched. Mm-hmm. But so they're trying to build on yeah. the outskirts of yeah. it. Yeah, because Raglan is so small, there's not a lot of things to do there. Mm-hmm. If you go outside of Raglan, you can find several other things of interest you you might want to do. But in Raglan itself, it's pretty much the castle. The other thing you can think about if you have kids and you want them to have a fun time in Raglan is they have this Raglan Farm Park that has several playground type things for the kids, but they have lots of farm animals that they can play with. So that would be fun for kids Mm -hmm. if you Mm -hmm. want to keep them Mm -hmm. entertained. Mm -hmm. So coming back from the castle, again, you know, we spent three hours at least on site there. By the time we got back to the village, it was time for lunch. You had already mentioned that we had lunch um, at the city of Raglan at a place called the Ship Inn. The meal that we had there, we had selected this, what was called the Linda McCartney Vegetarian Sausage and Mash. And as we're trying to do with a number of the meals that we experienced when we were on this UK trip. This is one of the ones that we tried to recreate when we came home. So we do have, this is another thing that you're gonna find when you go to our website. There's a blog post for the Linda, our homage, if you would, to Linda McCartney vegetarian sausages. So when we ate this meal, I was under the impression that this was probably like a made from scratch Linda McCartney recipe. And when when I ate it, that's what I thought I was eating. And I, I think we learned later on because we kept running into Linda McCartney vegetarian yeah, sausages yeah. that these are likely kind of you know pre-made, pre-packaged um, type of food item that that you get in the UK. But kind of just in the spirit of knowing that Linda McCartney was this kind of devout vegetarian, I guess you you would mm-hmm. call her, yep. and that she likely would have made something like this from scratch. We attempted to make vegetarian sausages from scratch when we came home, so. We've over the years bought lots of, you know, frozen sausages, but we've never tried to make any of these ourselves. Yeah, so yeah. we've done that. The recipes online, it's it's a little bit different. I think the the ones that, that you would get in England are probably they almost seem to be more like a baked kind of a sausage. I actually think they were fried. 
Yeah, so I think like yeah. you could probably take ours that we made yeah. and you know put it on a frying mm-hmm. pan, get a little harder. But um, if you want to try some new food, we got that recipe is on the website, and there there's more on the way as we you know continue to try to recreate some some of some of the foods that we had. Mm-hmm. Leaving the restaurant, and I think by by this time we we kind of had done what we were going to do in the city of Raglan, so we knew we needed to catch the bus to get back from once we came, and on the bus stop. It had noted that this bus 60, I can't remember if it was supposed to make a stop every half hour or every hour in the afternoon, but I think- Well, I think we originally misread that, so we were- Yeah, we misread a lot of things. Although, later, somewhere later in the trip, somebody had told us that whatever you see posted on, on a bus sign, it's never right. So the buses will show up when they show up. So we were standing at the bus stop. I think we were expecting like, you know, 10 minutes until the top of the hour that the bus was going to come. We're standing there, you know, 10 till, there's no bus. It's 5 till, there's no bus. It's the top of the hour, there's no bus. And we're waiting and waiting, there's no bus. And that's when you ended up going to St. Caddock's Church, which was just on the other side of the street. Yeah, because they had a huge uh, cemetery around the outskirts of the church itself yeah so you know thinking that you'd be able to maybe see if there was gravestones there that had any of your family's name on it so you had spent some time browsing the Mm -hmm. the grave sites there a little bit of time yeah and while you were over there i finally see a bus coming down the road and i thought oh my gosh this is the bus so i remember yelling hey julie at the top of my lungs and the second that those words came out of my mouth I could tell there wasn't a chance in heck that you would have had heard me. Well, I was actually behind the church when you were yelling. Yeah, so I thought, oh my gosh, here's the bus that we've been waiting for for forever, and we're gonna miss the bus. And the next thing I know, you kind—I of, think I was hauling. Yeah, you had, you had saw, was, saw part of it. I saw it. I yeah. saw the bus. Yeah. yeah. So you came running back to the bus stop, and I think as you were running, I was able to see the number on the bus, and it was not bus sixty. So I kind of waved at you uh, that, you know, you no rush. But at that time, you just decided to, to, to yeah, stay there. I wasn't going to do that again. The point of this is if your transportation in and out of Raglan is the bus, know that on the journey back home, you might be waiting close to an hour to get your bus ride back. I think that's what we ended up. Was it? An it, hour? it was close it was, to it. Yeah. It was closer to an hour than not. Yeah. Yeah. I was in that cemetery for a while. Yeah. So, that, you know, that gave us some time just to kind of, you know, get a feel of this this small village, which is a, just a very different vibe from anything that we have back home. And, you know, again, this was we were in a place that you had an ancestral connection to. So it was just kind of neat to be there. Mm-hmm. And eventually bus 60 came. Mm-hmm. So we got back on the bus and started to go back towards Cardiff. I'm sorry, towards Newport because we had to get a train from Newport. Yeah, so we're making the journey back toward Newport, which is where we uh, you know, hopped off the train to get on the bus in the first place. But I mentioned on the bus ride up, we had seen some towns that looked fairly interesting. One of them was a town called Caerleon. It's C-A-E-R-L-E-O-N. And we learned that this was a town that had Roman roots and you know Roman history. So once upon a time, I guess similar like in Bath, England, where you had that Roman history, you had some of that in this town. So we ended up, because we we, we purchased the, the all-day bus pass, we were able to do some hop-on, hop-off, and we got off at, at Carleone. Yeah, it was very spontaneous. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons that we got off and didn't worry about getting back on a bus was because we found out that these all-day tickets were hop-on, hop-off. Yeah. So you didn't have to worry about buying another ticket although you could do it on mm-hmm, the bus, mm-hmm. that ticket until you got to your final destination was still good. Yeah. So in Caerleone, one it, it, it was just one of these towns that looked like it would be neat just to, if nothing else, just to kind of walk through some of the streets. Uh, you know, you had curvy streets, cobblestones, funky shops. Again, a, a smallish village. Within this little town, there's a couple of museums. So one of them is the Caerleone Roman Fortress and Baths Museum. We had actually walked by there thinking that we might you know, hop in, but we also knew that we kind of had limited time during the day. And I think somebody, you know, I had talked to somebody who was just coming out 
and ask them like how much time you needed to spend in there. They had mentioned, you know, a couple of hours, so we didn't have a couple of hours. But that's available there, so you have that that Roman history through that museum. There's also the National Roman Legion Museum. Um, and I looked both of these up on TripAdvisor, so they're both recommended to spend you know close to two hours a piece in. So you can even make a trip out of Carleone itself, at least a good half day trip, spend time in those museums. But we ended up just kind of walking around, went through some of the shops. There was a lot of folk art down like one of those kind of corridors. Oh, that was an interesting little little spot there, and you could tell it was it was just open to the weather, and there was a lot of probably local artists mm-hmm. that had done very artsy, some of it was way over the top, 60s type of art, mm-hmm. some of it was wood art, so they used whatever they had available to them, it was just, it was just kind of interesting to walk in yeah. there, and they had a little path, and you kind of went in and then went back out. Yeah. One of the uh, attractions in in this town, though, was this Roman amphitheater area. And so we had seen some signs that were pointing the way to the Roman amphitheater, thinking yeah. thinking that we would get a glimpse of what this thing was. And we were routed past some of the museums. And then in the back of some buildings, there was this pathway that, again, you know, there was a sign there about the Roman amphitheater. We walked down the path. I mean, we had a nice time taking the walk, but we never saw what was the amphitheater. Saw an old Roman wall. I yeah. think that's all we saw. The wall was to our left as we were walking. I ended up just this this, this morning, I was you know getting some information online about the this amphitheater, and I think it might have been in this field that was to our right. Could have and, been. And kind of... Yeah. Um, I think it was like below the level of eyesight. So I think if you if you had gone into this field, you'd be able to see it. But I mean, the town is fairly small, so it's it's there somewhere. Again, we kind of had limited time. We just wanted to get a, um, a little bit of a flavor of the town, so we didn't do a deep dive there. But you could spend a, a decent, you know, half day, if if not more, in mm-hmm. the town of Carleon. Do you have any fun facts on Carleon? I do. I have some fun facts. Well, let's for talk about Carleon. let's talk about that. So it ha- uh, this town has a real strong historical, but it also has a literary um, historical association. From Geoffrey of Monmouth is a very ancient writer who wrote at length about King Arthur. And he was one that uh, really elevated the significance of Caerleon and how it was uh, like a major center for British history. Mm. And also Alfred Lloyd Tennyson. He wrote the Idols of the King while he was in Caerleon. Yeah. Yeah, so speaking about King Arthur, yeah, the story is that the amphitheater that we mentioned, this Roman amphitheater that's in Caerleon, is the actual site of King Arthur's famous round table. So that's that is that's the story. <laughs> that's what they say. Yes. And who am I to uh kind of disappointed we missed that because yeah. that that was pretty it's, it's like you look back and you can actually see an aerial view of this amphitheater. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it, it looks pretty nice. It looks to, really cool. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like we missed it. And When we had this whole trip planned out, I mean, Carleon wasn't even on our, our radar. No, and we, no. we only stumbled across it because we happened to view it from the bus and thought, hey, this right. place looks neat. Right. So that's one of the benefits of, you know, somebody listening to somebody else's experience going to a place mm-hmm. is you can kind of pick up on, you know, what else there might be to see. So, you know, we didn't get a chance to spend as much time in Caerleon. Somebody else who's listening to this might actually, you know, craft their yeah. itinerary so they get more time to spend in that city. Yeah, that, that would be a recommended place to mm-hmm. to spend mm-hmm. at least a half a day in, I mm-hmm. think. Right, yeah, I agree. The day that we ended up devoting to go to Raglan Castle, that was the thing that was on our itinerary, and basically that was the only thing was Raglan Castle. And we had learned during the day that we went there about several other things that would be neat to see if somebody had more time. So maybe we could hit on, on some of those. Well, if I had more time, I would have liked to have actually traveled the Agincourt Trail, which is a series of castles, Mm -hmm. eight castles, including Raglan, that are actually right along this highway, this main highway that we had to cross to get over to um, Raglan, A40. These castles are actually, most of them are right along this mm-hmm. this main highway. Yeah, so you've got, I'm looking at your map, you've got six 
castles on A40. And then there's another road that there's an additional two that are part of the, this trail. So, you know, we had seen, we, I think we picked up this pamphlet in the gift shop at Raglan Castle. Mm-hmm. And this seems like something that, you know, if you had a few days, you could probably bounce around from castle to castle if, if, you, if you like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And just kind of, you know, have a neat time going through these different places that have, you know, an incredible history. We're part of this famous battle that, that happened in the 1400s. Mm-hmm. Like for photographers, this would be a phenomenal journey. For people who love history, this would be a phenomenal journey. Yeah. It reminds me a little bit of, you know, in California, we have the California Missions and the California Mission Trail. We've had a chance to go through to almost all of them. But when you're making a, a trip to those kind of buildings on a trail, you usually only soak up like so many in a day. So I don't know like how many days somebody would need for doing the whole Agincourt Trail, but I suspect at least you might be able to squish it in two or three days, but to do it justice, maybe it's like a four day thing. It's probably a multiple day thing. You know? it, it definitely is a multiple yeah. day. Part of the family history was not only the Raglan Castle, but come to find out that the actual tomb of an Agincourt hero, the actual him a hero, was William Mapp Thomas, who's mm-hmm. the father of William Herbert, mm-hmm. and his wife Gladys, who are buried at the Abergavenny Castle. And sorry, I missed that too. I wish mm-hmm. this is like, I'd like to go back and, and mm-hmm. see it. Mm-hmm. The Raglan Castle was actually where William Mapp Thomas had lived. He is known as the Blue Knight of Gwent, and he fought right alongside Henry V hmm. at the Battle of Agincourt. You know, if we were to go back, I definitely would want to revisit that part of Wales, if you know, if possible, and yeah. then maybe go a little bit more north too. When we came back home, and we you know we, we had learned about the Agincourt Trail during our trip, and you had the pamphlet, we were doing some research on this at home, and pulled up some website and so i think you'd probably type in agincourt whale or if you type in agincourt trail on the youtube search engine you're going to come across some pretty interesting videos we came across some where there was like some reenactments of what happened back in the day on the trail and these places and these castles so that would be a i think like a neat introduction to what this particular trail might mm-hmm. offer somebody yeah absolutely yeah I think for me, the, you know, under the category of if we had more time, definitely spending more time in the town of Carleone. I'd like to soak up the museums there. There's at least two. And I, yeah, I'd be pretty focused on trying to find that actual site of King Arthur's famous round table because apparently it was, it was probably within steps of where we were. Yeah. We missed it. Did you know there are several claims to King Arthur's uh, round table? No, they're in Carleone. I read, I've read that on, mm. I read that on the, on the internet. <laughs> And if, if you read it on the internet, it yes. must be true, right? Yes. But I mean, again, I mean that that town just had had, had a lot. It was, yeah. yeah, it had a lot, and you definitely a half day. the The other thing I'd like to uh, go back and see mm. is, and we were so close to it, mm. around the castle of Ragland, there is border markers, and there used to be seventy two of them, mm. and there is actually two remaining from the medieval time of all things. Border markers, like as in the border of the city or? The border of the Lords of Ragland. So they mark their territories. You know, they would tell people the message, hey, this is my territory, do not enter. Keep away. Keep away. So, and what they had marked it with was crosses. So they think that the cross has like a, a dual message to it. One is the preaching of the cross Mm -hmm. of Christ. And the other is, stay out of my land or mm-hmm. you're probably going to be killed. It's a very interesting little dual message there. Yeah, There's <laughs> a little dual purpose yeah. there, yeah. But uh, yeah, so there was one that was really, really close to us at Croes Lewid Farm. It's it's actual a somebody's property and it actually still survives hmm. and it's still standing. That would have been cool to see. So after we had you know, spent, I don't know, an hour, maybe a little more or so in, in Carleone, we're set to get back to uh, to Cardiff. I think initially we thought, hey, okay, now we have to go back to the bus stop and wait for bus 60 again. And when the heck's bus 60 going to come? You had, I don't know if you talked to some people or noticed on one of the signs that from, from once, at least once you were in Carleone, 
to get from that place to Newport, there was like multiple buses you can take. So now you weren't locked into bus 60 anymore. So we had like one of the next buses that came up within yeah, a few minutes. Yeah, we just minutes. hopped on. Yeah, got yeah. it. And then that took us back to Newport. Yep. Yep. We're back in Newport, getting ready to get back to the to the train to take us back to Cardiff. But as we're walking from the bus stop, we had stumbled across, this was a Saturday afternoon, and there was some street performers and- All with so, ukuleles. Yeah, and there was what, like like a dozen of them? Uh, more. Yeah, I don't know if it was a family, if it was a club, but they were all there playing their ukuleles and they were singing the Beatles' Maxwell Silver Hammer. It was awesome. It was, yeah, it was, it was fantastic. Yeah. We got some of it on video. I can't say for sure, but I think I'm going to try to go back to our blog post for that day and uh, stick in that video because it's, it's fun. And it's fun. It was in the it public, was... so I think I'm okay in posting that. Yeah, it was, gonna... it was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, again, do check out the blog post on that day because you'll get a chance to see... You know, some photos of the castle, some photos of Caroleone, and then hopefully uh, a little bit of the ukulele band playing Maxwell Silver Hammer, which, which, was, which was a hoot. As we were walking through the city center, we made our way back to the train station. As you can probably hear within our podcast, Art and I are quite opposites in a lot of respects. And there is a little bit of back and forth that, that we have. And it did happen also when we were in Wales. I was learning this train station ticket mastering, tried, you know, what, how it all worked. And well, do you, yeah, and you, one of the things you had to learn is that you had to have the ticket. Well, I knew that. Okay. <laughs> but I couldn't understand why the machine kept gobbling up the ticket. And sometimes it did and sometimes it didn't. Hmm. And so I was trying to figure out the system that they had, but I know Art just sticks his tickets in his wallet in a loose, loose fashion. And- I know exactly where they are. They could fall out easily. Did they ever fall out? Did I ever ever lose a ticket? You have have lost things, yes. You have lost things. Did I lose a ticket in, (laughs) in the UK? No. No, did you not, didn't. I, nope, nope, but, nope. And here is the, the here's the catch, because impatience is thy name, Arthur. And so I'm trying to learn this system. Uh, I finally got it towards the end. So yep. it's like when your trip is done and you go through that little ticket station, whether you're entering or leaving, if it is done, it's going to take your ticket and it won't come out. If you're traveling, ticket has not been completed, you haven't reached this end destination, it will give you your ticket back. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that goes like with round trip tickets. So if you have a round trip ticket, you're gonna have a ticket going one way and then a ticket going another way. And when it's done and you've reached your destination, it takes your ticket. Yeah. So it was a little confusing, I have to say. Was, yeah, but we, I learned well. We don't do trains where we live. No, we don't. No, no. We have a high speed train to nowhere. We don't even have that. Oh, no, that's true. Yeah, so that wraps up our uh, day in Raglan. So, again, going to Raglan Castle was really the entire point of us even going to Wales pretty much to begin with. You know, you know as you mentioned at the beginning, you know, you, you had learned that you had this ancestral connection to the castle. So, you know, off we went to this place, and it, it was one of the highlights of the entire three weeks that we spent in the United Kingdom. Yes. So, you know, if I was to count on, on my hand, like the top, probably even like top three things that we did, I think Raglan Castle probably would be like in the top three. Well, it, it would definitely be for me. I, I did get a strong sense of connection to the Welsh and now consider myself Welsh. Mm-hmm. I consider yourself Welsh too. I do. I, I, I'm all into the Welsh dragon now oh. and I know that my DNA says that I'm 59% UK, but I think I'm 59% Welsh. When we've looked at your history mm-hmm. and traced it back, I mean, it you know that you do have people who were in Somerset at one point and England at one point, I think maybe mm-hmm. even somebody in Ireland, but you, when you keep tracing it back, everything ultimately ends up in Wales. Yes. So, so yes. you are probably Welsh Yes. In that blood of yours. Mm-hmm. And so one other thing I'll, I'll say, too, there, there was just something about when we were at the castle, seeing the Welsh flag 
flying from the mast yes. of the castle. Uh-huh. And when we were, you know, in Wales, just seeing that flag in, in several places. If I was going to vote for which country on planet Earth has the best flag, and I'm not Welsh, <laughs> but I'm going to vote for Wales. Really? That is, that's my favorite flag. Really? Absolutely. Huh. Hands down. So the one thing about the flag, and I don't know if we've talked about this yet in, in any other episodes, every time we kept seeing it, I kept wondering like what the name was of the dragon, because I, I kept yeah, thinking, right, if, right. If, if you've got this cool dragon on your flag, surely it has a name? Well, in the Polish tradition it does. So you're thinking it probably does in the Welsh tradition. Well, we don't have a, a dragon on the flag in Poland, but we no, have a No, we have a dragon. Yes. Yeah. Which the city of Krakow is named after exactly. the dragon Krak. Mm-hmm. But we learned that the the Walsh dragon on the flag does not have a name. Does not which, have a name. Which is an unfortunate thing because it's yeah. such a cool flag and such yeah. a cool dragon that there should be a name. So maybe we should start a contest for whales and name, name, name the dragon or something. There you go. Yeah. For me, I had minimal expectations, you know, when we left the States of what Raglan Castle was going to be like and my uh thinking that we're going to spend 20 minutes walking through the, you know some old stones just turned out to be this magnificent day you know seeing places like Caroleone that I didn't even know existed spending upwards of three hours in the ruins of this castle that just you know we let our imaginations run wild so a definite highlight and I think a definite recommendation if you're in the UK so we've mentioned before, do put whales at mm-hmm. minimum on your mm-hmm. itinerary. There's there's so much cool stuff there, so many things that are different than your Buckingham Palace and Tower of London and all that kind of stuff. This rich history and uh, Raglan Castle, as well as probably any of these castles on the Agincourt Trail. On the Agincourt Trail, yeah. and I'm sure there's many other villages, yeah. small little villages, yeah. that have quite a history too. So, yeah. you know, give it give it a chance, and uh, I think you you really will enjoy it. Yeah, and the neat thing is, you know, like I think about like the the kind of travel situation that that we had. It's probably you know easiest to do this kind of thing if you have a car. But, you know, the fact that we were able to get there, we, we had no car. We just relied on public yeah. transportation. Yeah. And, you know, you can get from Cardiff, you know, busy city center to this, you know, very, very small place with, with this cool history just mm-hmm. between a, a, a short train ride mm-hmm. and a bus ride mm-hmm. and a little bit of uh, feet walking. Yeah. So we, we hope that we've given you a, a sense of place that maybe has not been on your radar. Hope that we've inspired you to maybe think about going to a place like Raglan. And if you ever do make it out there and you know have a neat story, we'd love to hear about it. You can drop your comments back to us at comments at theplaceswherewego.com. That will wrap up this episode, and I look forward to the next one. Yeah. I think we got some exciting things coming. Yeah, so we'll see you in a couple of weeks, and until then, cheerio! Cheerio! If you have any comments or info to share with us about travel, you can write us at comments at theplaceswherewego.com. You can also follow us on social media. Right now we're on Twitter and Instagram, both at the places where we go. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you at the places where we go. See you next time. Bye now.